Welcome, everybody, to another exciting edition of KickServeRadio.com, Tennis on Air with Andy Zoden. Very excited to be recapping the French Open and with all of the hoopla of Rafael Nadal winning his 10th French Open title, Yelena Ostapenko winning her first ever professional event. You may not realize that two Americans, for the first time since 1980, actually played in the finals of the men's doubles with Ryan Harrison maybe completing his greatest accomplishment as a pro thus far, teaming with New Zealander Michael Venus to win the French Open doubles championships. I'm joined by Ryan's very proud father, Pat Harrison, who probably didn't see this coming. I guess it's fair to say, Pat, I know you've got a lot of confidence in your kid, uh, and I know you've thought you know, he's probably eventually going to break through and do something in the singles. How surprised are you to see him do what he's done by winning a major championship in doubles? You know, it, it, it's a, one of those deals that's a pleasant surprise. You always feel like every match they play going in, they're capable of winning. But to string together six wins in a row to win a Grand Slam title is something that I think everybody hopes for, and but you certainly don't expect it. You were telling me, and I, I was admitting to you that I didn't really get an opportunity to put that unlikely run under a microscope and really look at it match by match, but it sounds like every single match went three sets, and in five of the six, they actually had to come from a set down. Is that correct, Pat? Yes, I think they lost the first set the first five rounds, and the finals was the only time I think they won the opening set, and then they ended up uh, losing a second set tiebreaker and having to win another third set there in the final. I think, Pat, you and I both know that, that players out on the tour do whatever they can to cling to things that give them confidence. What this reminds me of is when we saw Jack Sock team with Vasek Pospisil to win Wimbledon a couple years ago, beating the Bryan brothers on center court in that final. And it seems like it really propelled not just Sock, but Pospisil as well to some pretty good results on the singles court. Are you kind of hoping and optimistic that this result for Ryan can lead to better things? Things, not just in doubles, but in singles as well. Yes, I am. Right now, I think he's 41 in the world, so he's actually at a career high right now in singles. But, you know, you take it one step at a time, and he's trying to make that next step to where he'll be seated at the Grand Slams where you don't have to worry about playing a top 35 guy first round. You know, so he's looking to take that next step where he can try and have some good results in the next month or so and, and put himself in a position to hopefully be seated at the U.S. Open. Pat, Justin Gimmelstab likes to use the term paper-thin margins when he talks about the differences between a guy just outside the top 100 and guys that are in the top 50, top 30. I've watched Ryan play a number of times at Indian Wells is when I've seen him play live. I actually got to catch him at River Oaks many years ago. And I want to give you a lot of credit as his coach because when I watched Ryan play, I said, now that's a kid that I would teach other kids to play like. He looks so fundamentally solid, moves so well, his strokes seem so clean, big serve. What is it that you think he needs to add to his game that maybe has been missing to get to that level where maybe he's playing like a like a seated player? You know, he, he can play at that level now like he beat Milos Raonic second round of the U.S. Open last year. It's just like mentally being able to carry it over from match to match and, and having those consistent results where you sustain that level of play. And it's just being – a lot of it to me is being able to handle the success and then back it up, you know, week to week. Uh, and there's an art mentally to being able to deal with that, not being – 
you don't want to say satisfied and getting complacent, but that's kind of what it is because you're still going about your business and practice preparing the same. But mentally, you've got to feel like this is my everyday level and not just get excited to play that level every now and then. Just expect to play that level on a regular basis and have it become the norm. And you don't get too excited when you, you do win and then have a little bit of a letdown. Pat, since Martin Blackman has taken over as Director of Player Development for USTA, it seems like there's been a little bit more of a collaborative effort between the USTA and some of the private coaches that have been working with some of these players. What do you like or, or, or dislike about what you've seen from USTA player development since Martin has taken over? From my standpoint, I feel like there's been an uptick. What are your thoughts? You know, Martin, I met him at the U.S. Open. I don't know him well. Uh, I had one brief hello introduction to him. But I do know that he's done a great job of keeping up with the results. You know, you get emails about every professional player now every week, how they're doing results-wise, what tournaments are entered in. I think there's a good conscious effort on keeping up with everybody. I know his reputation as a person and, and all is, is impeccable and very good. I think the Brian Boland hire is tremendous. I think that's a great direction to go. I know him personally pretty well and, and think a lot of him and, and the results he's had at Virginia. And, and I think that can translate, you know, to the highest level. And he has stepped in and taken over for Jay Berger as memory serves. Is that correct, Pat? Yes, yes, he has. And Jay did a great job. I've known Jay since we were playing college at the same time. Obviously, he became a top 10 in the world player. Uh, but since he's been with the USTA, Jay was always tremendous with Ryan and Christian. My kids, I don't have anything but positive things to say about Jay and, and Brian Boland and Martin Blackman and the job they've done. And you mentioned Christian, and I wanted to, to, to talk about him as well because, you know, John McEnroe has always been very high on Christian Harrison. Not that he's not high on Ryan Harrison, but we heard John talking about Christian from the time Christian was maybe 13, 14, 15 years old. Kind of what's the state of his, of his game? I know he's had some health issues along the way that have held him back. Where's Christian at right now, Pat? You know, I'm actually in Winston-Salem with him right now, getting ready for a couple of 25Ks. He's getting near as healthy as he's been in, in seven or eight years. He missed a few years with a, a, a bone infection that they originally diagnosed as bone cancer. We went to the Moffitt Cancer Center for a little bit, ended up finding a specialist in that area at the Mayo Clinic up in Minnesota. So he missed a few years there, came back, was playing well, beat Steve Johnson in a challenger, beat Alejandro Faye at the ATP. Lost 7-5 in the third to John Isner, and Isner came in the locker room and said, Pat, I had no idea Christian was this good. He said, he's unbelievable. And uh, I said, you know, Johnny's missed a few years, so nobody really knew it. He's just kind of getting back. Then he and Ryan made the quarterfinal run at the U.S. Open. Shortly thereafter, he missed three more years with seven different surgeries on the on the hips and uh, the adductor and the right, right playing shoulder and right wrist and nasal surgery. So... Missed a few more years there. So, and, and then he's come back. He's probably as mentally strong as anybody on the planet. And the ability to deal with adversity because of all the things he's gone through, missing six years of your career. And yet you're back, you know, uh, qualified for the U.S. Open this year. Well, if Ryan is following Jack Sox trajectory by winning his first major in the doubles and then hopefully parlaying that into some confidence, maybe Christian is going by way of Brian Baker 
who, as we know, had you know more surgeries and more injuries, and then still came back and had a had a pretty good run as a pro and made some dents in some main draws. Have you guys talked to Brian Baker a little bit to just see what his thoughts were? We certainly have. He's he's a great one to talk to because he's one of the very few guys in the world that can that can say they've missed six or seven years of their career and yet still come back. I think he got into the top fifty in the world in singles, and he may be focusing a little more on doubles now. Just so his body can can hold up, you know. But Brian Baker is one of the few who can relate to what Christian's gone through and is still fighting through, just as Brian is, and, and learning to cope with it and get the most out of what you can do. We're talking to Pat Harrison on KickServeRadio.com. KickServeRadio.com is brought to you by RacketStar.com. Upload your profile today, RacketStar.com, the hot new social network for tennis players and players of all racket sports. Pat, I always like to take the opportunity when I talk to you or Wayne Bryan. Uh, recently, sadly, uh, got an opportunity, although I'm glad I did, with Steve Johnson Sr., is to talk to you guys that have successfully been able to help largely with the coaching process of a couple of players uh, that have made it to the professional ranks. What advice have you got for tennis parents of this generation? We see uh, the norm being the overbearing parent that won't let the coach do his job and maybe wears the kid out a little bit. What would you like to say to sort of the average tennis parent that would like to see their kid really reach their ultimate potential as a player and be happy at the same time? Just making sure you're there to support them on a daily basis. Uh, don't be one of those parents who just throws money at them and, and sends them to tournaments with the coaches and practices and never never sees anything they do. But don't be one that's there every day, you know, trying to tell the coach how to do his job. There's a fine line between overbearing and then just trying to support them and never really showing up to where you're supporting them, you know, physically being there. Understand it's a long road. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And you're going to have so many peaks and valleys and highs and lows. And for the parents, you can't, every time the kid has a bad loss, think that it's the coach's fault. You know, sometimes you literally just have a terrible day and you go in thinking you're ready physically and mentally. And for whatever reason, you don't play well that day. It doesn't mean there needs to be a coaching change. And, and uh, let the kid have solid results, have some stability in the coaching and who they're around, and give it a, a, lot, a long period of time to develop and go from there. He would know of what he speaks. He is Pat Harrison, father of young Christian Harrison, who's made his way uh, back to a top 100 level and most recently French Open doubles champion, Ryan Harrison. Pat, thanks so much for taking the time to join us on KickServeRadio.com for the first time. I'm glad we got an opportunity to connect and chat a bit at Indian Wells, and I look forward to uh, to further conversations going forward and hopefully continued success with your boys. I actually have a daughter who plays at Mississippi State. Oh, I'm sorry. My daughter, Madison, will be a senior at Mississippi State, and they actually finished in the top 20 in the country this year. Wow. And she's been playing two and three at Mississippi State the last couple of years. They just keep coming in that Harrison family. Congratulations <laughs> to Madison Harrison and to Mississippi State for having a great year uh, in the Division One collegiate ranks. Pat, great visiting with you. And uh, as I say, I look forward to doing it again. And, and thanks for taking the time. Hey, thank you, Andy. And look forward to talking to you soon.